When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. When you grow up on the Jurassic Coast, it seems written in the stars that you'll be spending your life among the bones of dinosaurs. Mary was born in just such a place. And while she was raised in a time of conflict with the war between Napoleon and the British raging, and her own family full of poor Protestant dissenters, she still found time to dig, thanks in part to her father, a cabinet maker and amateur fossil collector who needed a sidekick. While most women her age were being raised to be delicate wives to future husbands, Mary was learning proper fossil cleaning techniques from her father as they dug along the beach for relics to sell alongside his cabinetry. However, when he died suddenly of tuberculosis in 1810, those fossils became a means of helping meet her family's needs. It didn't take long for Mary to strike gold. Or strike bone, I guess. While digging with her brother Joseph, the two happened upon a skull. Joseph left Mary to unearth the rest of the fossil, and through a painstakingly long process that began to garner the attention of everyone in town, she revealed a 17-foot skeleton that was referred to by scientists as a crocodile and by citizens as a monster. Today, though, we know it as the Ichthyosaurus. By 1823, at just 24 years old, she became the first human to discover a complete plesiosaurus. Being that Mary was a woman, though, news began to spread that it was a fake. Noted French naturalist George Cuvier disputed the discovery all on his own, and even held a meeting at the Geological Society of London, a meeting that Mary was not invited to, by the way. But that meeting didn't go Cuvier's way, and he ended up admitting his mistake. Yet despite Mary's continuous breakthroughs, she remained severely unrecognized for her work. In order to support her family, she was often forced to sell the fossils that she had worked so hard to find, clean, set, and identify, and the men who bought them rarely credited her with the find. And even when scientific journals and articles cited her ichthyosaur discovery at the ripe age of 12, they did not cite her by name. And the reputed Geological Society of London, the very place that Cuvier had failed to convince of her reportedly fake find, wouldn't admit her to their ranks. In fact, they wouldn't start admitting any women until 1904. But Mary wasn't done breaking ground, or barriers, just yet. She began pioneering the study of coprolites, or fossilized dinosaur droppings. And by 1828, she had another first to add to her resume. After discovering a baffling collection of bones, the scientific world was abuzz, from London to Paris, discussing how they would all connect. Mary did the hard work for them, putting together the first pterodactyl ever discovered outside of Germany, the largest flying creature to have ever lived. At a time when fossils were the talk of the scientific world, 
Mary was at the top, even if no one wanted to acknowledge her. Specimen shows popped up all over major cities, housing countless bones that Mary herself discovered. And still, her name was purposely left out among Jurassic talks. But those who knew her understood what she was doing for the world. Mary's childhood friend, Harry de la Beche, painted his famous A More Ancient Dorset, a painting inspired by her ichthyosaur find. It was the first painting to use fossil evidence to create realistic representations of creatures from millennia past. And Dear Harry sold prints to a ravenous public in order to raise funds for Mary. At the time of her young death in 1847, Mary Anning was still in dire straits financially. Despite the countless prehistoric species she had discovered, identified, and shared with the world, it would take another century before her legacy was restored to its rightful place. Today, her finds can be seen proudly displayed at the Natural History Museum in London. And while it's still hotly debated among historians, there are some who believe that Mary is the she at the center of that famous old tongue twister. She sells seashells on the seashore. A curious life, indeed. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
Everyone has problems. A bad boss, a noisy kid, or a train that's always late. And we deal with them the best we can. Sometimes all it requires is a candid conversation, sending the offending children to their room to settle down, or leaving for work a little earlier. Or if you're math professor Alexander Abian, you just blow up the moon. Alexander was born in Tabriz, Iran in 1923. He grew up there, earning his undergraduate degree there before coming to the U.S. to pursue his master's in 1950. From there, he went on to the University of Cincinnati for his Ph.D. with a focus in mathematics. Alexander held a variety of teaching jobs all over the country, moving from Tennessee to New York, then to Pennsylvania, and finally to Ohio, before eventually taking a job as a math professor at Iowa State in 1967, where he stayed for the rest of his career until retiring in 1993. Not much is known about his time at the university, other than that it was uneventful for the first 25 years, at least when compared to what happened in 1991. That year, Alexander published a piece in the university's newspaper with a wild claim, one that eventually spread beyond the campus's borders and into the mainstream press. The professor had been watching what was going on around the world. Forest fires, hurricanes, heat waves, and blizzards all brought on by one common culprit, the moon. And Alexander believed it had to go. He claimed that if the moon was blown up, our seasons like summer and spring would disappear, taking almost all the natural disasters with them. How would he have accomplished this feat? With nuclear weapons, of course. His plan was to drill a hole into the surface of the moon, drop an atomic bomb inside, and detonate it remotely. The explosion would break the moon apart, saving the Earth from the perils that have only gotten worse over the years with climate change. Unfortunately, not everyone agreed with his plan. A few NASA employees believed it was impossible, to say the least. For one, they knew that the moon was responsible for many phenomena, both on and around the Earth. The tides, for example, are controlled by the moon, as is the tilt of the Earth. Without our moon, our planet would tilt so severely it would leave one hemisphere in eternal darkness, while the other burned beneath a blazing sun all day. Secondly, exploding the moon would cause a worldwide extinction event as debris entered the Earth's atmosphere and increased the planet's temperature, not to mention the chance that a big chunk of it could hit the Earth with such force it would wipe out everyone on the planet. But all of those situations were hypothetical anyway. To destroy the moon, a single atom bomb wasn't enough. Such an explosion would only damage the surface, but nothing below. Instead, miners would have to drill down hundreds of miles into the moon's surface and deposit 600 billion nuclear bombs in order to blow it all up. Alexander's idea was dismissed by many as a pipe dream, but the man himself wasn't so sure. He equated his detractors with the people who wrote off Galileo hundreds of years before. And as time moved on, and the internet took hold, his theory exploded across the globe. No pun intended, I swear. Suddenly, everyone was getting ideas of their own. Unfortunately, Alexander Abian died in 1999. He never got to see his plan fully realized. That is, unless he happened to see a similar story occur during the summer of 1998. That year, a team of experienced oil drillers took a shuttle into space to put Alexander's idea to the test. Except instead of drilling into the moon, they drilled into an asteroid the size of Texas that was headed straight for the Earth. It took some doing, but the miners managed to blow up the asteroid before it reached the atmosphere using a nuclear bomb. A global extinction event had been avoided. Of course, this wasn't a real event. It was the action movie Armageddon, starring Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. 
a film with a plot that was just as implausible as Alexander Abian's idea, but certainly a lot more entertaining. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.